0: February second is your well red day. First of all, well red, wear your red, take pictures, selfies, and then cascade it. Share it in your social media. Share it with your network. What you're doing is creating awareness. Hello and
1: welcome. I'm Lori Hardy and thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders. In our community, Dr. Imelda is chairperson of Go Red for Women Puget Sound and market president for Optum Pacific Northwest, along with Susan Keppen, a heart attack survivor. Both of them are ambassadors for Go Red for Women 2024. For more information, go to goredforwomen.org. Since 2004, the American Heart Association's signature women's initiative, Go Red for Women, has addressed the awareness and clinical care gaps of women's greatest health threat, cardiovascular disease, CVD. They are prepared to meet the evolving needs of women now and at every stage, every season of their lives as their trusted, relevant source for for credible equitable health solutions. Nearly 45% of women are living with some form of cardiovascular disease. Susan Copen is a heart attack survivor and an ambassador for Go Red for Women. Welcome Susan. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited
2: to be here. And you are an ambassador for Go Red this year. How did that happen? I got approached by a friend whose friend was on the board of the local chapter and she was familiar with my heart attack story. And she said, you would be a great ambassador for them telling your story. So that's how it it happened. And would you like to share your story with us? Sure. So in, in August of 2022, I was working from home and I started having a um, a pain in my left shoulder blade. Nothing really bad, and I thought it was muscular. I took a break and stood up and uh, seemed to get a little better. And then all of a sudden, I had this overwhelming nausea, like that I like never experienced before. And I thought something was wrong. But you know, during that time, I thought, oh, maybe this is COVID. I'd never had COVID at that time, so I took a COVID test. It wasn't COVID. And then, like most women do, I thought, well. Well, I'll just lay down and see if I feel any better. And I went to lay down, and I felt worse. I didn't know what was wrong. I remembered my my dad had had a heart attack. I have family history on both sides mom, dad, grandmother and my dad had, had a heart attack. And I remembered when he had a heart attack, he felt terrible, which I did at that time. But he couldn't he couldn't say why. I thought about that, and I thought I should. I should really go to the hospital. And I, I told my husband that who happened to be home and he said, wow, if you're saying that, you, re- I'm sure you're feeling really bad because you never say that, which is true. I never, I never say I have to go to the hospital. I'm like, oh, I'll just, well, I'll just lay down. I'll feel better. So we went to the hospital still not knowing what was wrong. When I got to the hospital, I, I explained my symptoms to the nurse and she recognized what I didn't, that I was probably having a heart attack. And I got a I got a bed very quickly. Uh, they did blood work. They came back in about five minutes and started giving me aspirin and nitroglycerin. And I was like, oh, shouldn't we find out what this is before you give me medicine? And they're like, oh, no, we know. We know what this is because they can tell from your blood work there's an enzyme that your heart releases when it's having a heart attack, and they only see it then. So they knew then I was having a heart attack. And then things started happening Really, really quickly after that. Were you in big trouble? Like were you almost not going to make it? The type of blockage, I had a hundred percent blockage in the lower anterior descending artery, which apparently is a very critical one. I mean, I didn't know that at the time, obviously, but both of the doctors that treated me in the emergency room said, Oh yeah, we call that, we call that the widow maker. They told me that afterwards. Everything happened so quickly after the blood work came back, the cardiologist just appeared. In my room, he ordered a few more tests, uh, you know, an EKG and an ultrasound, which showed that I had a very large blockage in that artery. And then I was whisked upstairs to the cath lab. They put a stint in that night that propped my artery open and saved my life, honestly. I was very lucky to get such quick and responsive medical care because if I hadn't gone to the hospital and I hadn't gotten that quick care, I I wouldn't be here talking to you today.
1: Every year on this program, when we talk about the Go Red, we talk about women and heart attacks that it's so subtle that you don't know the signs. And I was curious as I was listening to you, I think you were really brave to go to the doctor. What was it that made you do that? Because isn't that where most women are like, I'll be fine?
2: Yeah, exactly. And that is my normal way to approach things. So what made me go to the doctor was my dad's story. I remembered that. And that's why I believe in the power of stories. So I have been telling all my women friends the story over and over. And since then, since my heart attack in 2022, two women have since come back to me and said, I went to the the hospital because of you and your story. And it saved my life too. That's why I'm so excited to be part of Go Red for Women as a Go Red for Women ambassador, because I believe that by telling our stories, we can help other women recognize the risk factors, recognize the symptoms and save lives. And the
1: purpose of Go Red is just that, to raise awareness. And it is a national Wear Red Day. is February 2nd. And I know here at the station, we're always encouraging people to plan ahead, get their red, and wear it on the second. Before this happened, you didn't have any symptoms. You never had anything that wouldn't lead you to believe you
2: had had the issue, right? No. You know, I had this family history, but you always think, well... That won't happen to me. And I have a brother and a sister, you know, who have the same family history who haven't had these heart issues. I had the family history. I did have slightly elevated cholesterol. I did have high blood pressure, but it was controlled by medicine. I did have gestational diabetes with my youngest child when I was pregnant and I learned since then that that did put me at risk of having both diabetes and heart disease later in life. So I've learned a lot about heart disease and cardiovascular disease since my heart attack. But before it, no, I really didn't. I really wasn't aware that I had these risk factors.
1: So when you got out of the hospital and you sort of started your life over, what changes did you make? I changed my diet. I wouldn't say
2: drastically. I think I was a pretty healthy eater beforehand, but I mainly eat chicken and fish and vegetables and fruit. A Mediterranean diet I follow. And I've definitely incorporated more exercise, especially walking into my diet. I mean, that was another thing. I was fairly active. I used to run and swim a couple of times a week. Never had any symptoms other than I was out of breath a lot. But I thought, oh, well, I'm older. I'm out of shape. I'm overweight. That's why I'm out of breath. But then when I was started exercising after my procedure after my heart stint I just felt so much better and I wasn't out of breath all the time and I thought well this is what can happen when you exercise and you're you know your heart's pumping enough blood and enough oxygen so I've definitely incorporated that and especially walking walking is a great exercise that everybody can do so I try to do a walking 30 minutes or more every day
1: so is this your first Go Red event then?
2: Yes, this is. This is my first event.
1: And what are you looking forward to the most about it?
2: I'm looking forward to telling my story and promoting awareness of heart disease because this is an opportunity to, to save lives. And so that that's what I'm excited about.
1: So what signs are we looking for? What is it that... People when they have certain experiences that they want to just call 911?
2: The signs in women are pretty subtle or can be very subtle. So it's not sort of the classic elephant sitting on your chest symptom. And like in my case, it was in the upper back, left side. So pain in the left side of, of your body, pain in the upper left side of your body, pain running down your arm, nausea, uh, extreme fatigue, These are all some of the symptoms that women can experience when having a heart attack.
1: I see on the list is indigestion. And I know that that's something we can really easily disregard. Did you have indigestion at all?
2: I did not, but that you're right, that is a, a symptom that women sometimes experience, not something you would necessarily associate with having a heart attack. The other thing is the shortness of breath that I described when I exercise. I guess that was a symptom, but I just didn't realize that it was.
1: On here it says only forty four percent of women recognize that cardiovascular disease is their greatest health threat. And I have to say, even though I know that's not at the top of my
2: mind. It wasn't for me either. I didn't realize that cardiovascular disease, heart and stroke, is the number one killer. I always thought it was something else, maybe breast cancer, but I never realized that until I had a heart attack and I learned so much more that it's the, it's really the leading killer of women.
1: And I think with all the campaigns, we are getting more educated, but honestly, when I think a heart attack, I usually think about men that have had heart attacks.
2: Exactly. Well, we hope everyone will wear red and take a selfie and post it. And again, spread spread awareness. The American Heart Association has a a lot of programs like hands-only CPR training classes. That would be a good way to celebrate it and also donate to the American Heart Association. We hope everybody will do that to help spread awareness and training.
1: Go redforwomen.org. On that day, will you be doing anything throughout the day, sharing reels or stories on social or what will your role be actually on the day that we're hoping everyone wears? Red?
2: Well, I'll definitely be wearing red. I'll definitely be sharing it on social. I hope to be participating in another event. I will be in Washington, D.C. with my family. I hope to be participating in a Go Red for Women event on National Wear Red Day.
1: And so National Go Red Day for Women is February 2nd. You can take a selfie, wear red, take a selfie, encourage everyone at work to do it. Because here's the thing you might be listening thinking, oh, well, that doesn't happen very often, but every We have women and we hear stories of so many people that this happens to. And the worst thing is to, like you said, you were nauseous. And to not call 911, to not go to the doctor and lose your life when now there's this big campaign to let everyone know that it really is a thing.
2: Absolutely. When you have these subtle symptoms and you feel bad, go immediately to seek medical attention.
1: After you got through this and you realized that your life was saved, what is it that you really want people to know?
2: Be aware of the risk factors for heart disease and be aware of your own personal risk and be aware of the symptoms, however subtle.
1: And be brave, be brave enough to call 911 because I think if you called 911 and it was nothing, they wouldn't be like, Oh, you big baby. They'd be like, we're so glad you called. We're glad that you're okay.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, The doctor, when I was in the emergency room, kind of chided me for not calling 911 and just letting my husband drive me to the hospital. He's like, why didn't you call the ambulance? I said, I didn't know I was having a heart attack. He said, doesn't matter. You felt terrible. You should have called 911.
1: Feeling terrible, nausea. Indigestion. When we think of heart attack or what we've seen in movies, they clutch their chest and they drop. And so to know that there's other forms and that it is a really good thing to be willing to just make that 911 call. And Dr. Amelda Deconis. Welcome. We are so glad to have you here. We were just talking with Susan about how sneaky heart attacks are in women. And so we just wanted to hear what you have to say about heart attacks. And then maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Go Red. Well, thanks for
0: having me on the show. So Go Red is a, a movement. It's a movement that American Heart Association launched 20 years ago now to really raise awareness uh, among women that this is the greatest health threat to them. You know, 44% of women don't know that cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of, of women. So raising awareness, supporting care and research education, supporting the community to look at this from care all the way to to education, prevention, and risk mitigation. That's what the Go Red is, and so we're thrilled to to celebrate the accomplishments in the last 20 years, but there's so much, 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 much more to do. In terms of heart attacks specifically, yes, it can present differently in women. The crushing, tightness, chest pain that men experience, elephants sitting on my chest, those kinds of things also be different signs like like uh, tightness in the jaw or neck, back discomfort, nausea or vomiting, dizziness, lightheadedness. So it can take different manifestations in in women, certainly.
1: Is there a screening? So say Susan had gone in for a checkup and
0: is there some sort of screening she could have done? A lot of it is really about knowing your numbers. So there are very knowable things in terms of what's your blood pressure? What's your good and bad levels of cholesterol? What's your family history? Do you smoke? Do you have diabetes? So there are knowable risk factors. And so you start with knowing your risk and then in taking action about what can I do to reduce my risk, prevent it altogether. So if you're smoking and you stop smoking or you begin to cut down, you can reduce your risk. And after being tobacco free for five to 10 years, you've essentially eliminated that as a risk, for example. So there are knowable things about yourself and things that you can take to reduce your risk and prevent it. In terms of screening, screening for heart attacks, we take into account what the person is telling us in front of us about what they're feeling, symptoms or no symptoms. And then we also look at those selection of risks that I just mentioned and putting that all together of, do, do we screen you at all?
1: When someone's having a heart attack, what's actually happening to their heart?
0: What's happening to their heart is reduced blood flow to parts of their heart. While medium-large heart attacks, it just the extent of how much of the heart is involved is, is what happens. So if, if it's a well, small heart attack, maybe there's a portion of your heart that is getting insufficient blood flow for a time, all the way to what makes people drop, drop dead, because that, that's really what happens is there's, there's such a significant amount of reduced blood flow and the impact, the patient loses consciousness, they stop breathing, their heart stops. So it's a spectrum.
1: We talked about some things that put you at risk. What kind of treatments are there once once you've been through this, you know this is an issue for you?
0: Yeah. So I would break it down into what are those diagnosed conditions? So do you have high blood pressure? So once that's diagnosed, what are the things that you do in your lifestyle to reduce, mitigate it? And then what are the medications that you take for it? Do you have diabetes? same thing. And then other risk factors like smoking. There are other chronic conditions that uh, certainly contribute. If you have chronic kidney disease, those things begin to add up. So, so knowing your numbers, knowing what, what are the diagnoses, chronic or otherwise for you, and then the things that medication can help with and what the lifestyles are, the changes that uh, can make you reduce and, and prevent your risk uh, are all part of the picture for the individual.
1: Susan mentioned some of those lifestyle changes as in healthy eating and exercise. Do you have anything to add to that?
0: It's January, so people are midst their New Year's resolutions or are in the process of making it or refining it right. So eating right in, in your cultural context is is important. There isn't a specific prescription uh, per se, but looking at your saturated fat intake is important. What are the positive things that you can do to add to your diet or diversify it in terms of vegetables, everything that, that mom told you in, in the past about eating right in, in again, in a culturally competent, correct context is, is important. And then just moving more. This is moving radio. So how, how are you going to move more in 2024, right? In between your meetings or, you know, during that 30 minute break at lunch or, Or dinner? What are some things that you can do to move more? If you go to American Heart Association or the CDC, those websites talk about a prescription for activities. And I can tell you what those are, but if people are just trying to like, how do I take the first step? Five, 10 minute walk, move more. What does that look like? And then incrementally go up to more vigorous, active work three days a week. Five days a week. So working yourself up uh, so you don't feel like it's so impossible it's so hard right off. So I want to encourage people to take the first step. I
1: love that you mentioned resolutions and we get all the stuff as DJs of how everybody's already dropping their resolutions. 80 steps. And I love that you say just start. Just mm-hmm. start.
0: Yeah. yeah, I started, you know, November 6, 2006 is when I started my journey. My youngest one at the time was three years old. I was probably in the worst shape of my life and I just took a walk on the treadmill. Started with 10, 15 minutes. I was in between seeing patients at the hospital We just happened to have it available there. And then it moved from there. It really is something you do like mowing the lawn or whatever the analogy is that works for you. It's just a constant thing that you just have to work at, but make time for it, but start take that first step.
1: Sometimes it's easy to go, well, I'd only have 10 minutes. It's not worth it. But I, th- I think what you're saying is, it is.
0: anything yeah. is worth it. It is worth it. 10 minutes, five minutes, just to increase brain blood supply. Think about if you're so worried at work, this, mm-hmm. this helps productivity. Studies have shown that just that much time to, to get circulation going again into your system. It's, it's, it's amazing what it does for your brain and ultimately for your heart, but start somewhere.
1: I love what Susan said. She started making these changes and she felt better. Like she didn't know she didn't feel good. But then when she started doing the thing, she found that she felt better. Do you want to make any comments on that, Susan?
2: I love what Dr. Tacona said. The walking, especially, that's something I incorporated uh, into, into my lifestyle and I do it every day. But I was telling Lori before my heart attack. I would exercise, but I would always be out of breath. And I just thought, well, I'm old, I'm overweight, I'm out of shape. But actually, I had a blockage and I wasn't getting enough oxygen. And once I had the stent procedure, I just felt so much better when I was exercising. It made it a lot easier to, to embrace it.
1: Thank you. I love
2: yeah. it. And, yes. and the thing about exercise
0: is you create new blood vessels, new blood supply your heart to your brain so that that's one thing that i I think we don't think about what the role of activity is and i I try to use it as activity moving more exercise you know it's got a double-edged sword it just it just feels so hard in some people's mindsets about uh I don't want to exercise. I like breathing. I like having energy. I like being able to do the simple things I do. And and so that's really the investment in yourself. I hope people make.
1: And I know that one of the things you talk about that people can do for Go Red is to take a CPR course or to sponsor one. Yeah.
0: You know, if you think about where do people have these scenarios where you need to do CPR, that's going to touch you. Most likely it's going to be at home because if you're at work, there are going to be other people around, but you Imagine yourself at home and it's you and somebody else. And and I know so, so many people have stories about they were the bystander and in scary moments, it's, a loved one. It's a family member, that they're the bystander. The learning CPR is something that if you don't do it from a global perspective and doing it for the community and being one of those capable bystanders is doing it for yourself. So that's one. The the second thing is as women, we are less likely to receive CPR because in bystanders' perspectives, it's, oh, am I going to be sued for sexual harassment or because of of the breast, touching the breast, touching the chest? There's A lot of things that stop people dead in their track, no pun intended, when they think about, should I do CPR? So more often than not, women are less likely to receive CPR compared to men for those reasons. So if you could do it for your family, for your household, if you could do it for your community, and you want to think about increasing the number of women who are capable of doing it, we could use that.
1: Great point. You are the chairperson and ambassador for Go Red Women. In the Puget Sound, what do you really want women to know about heart
0: disease? Number one, that it is their greatest threat to our health. Put all the cancers together, still the number one killer and the number one threat to our health, women, is cardiovascular disease. Number two is just know your numbers. Know your numbers. It's, you should feel empowered by your numbers. Not ashamed. Not Afraid, not scared but but really be be empowered by your numbers and know those numbers your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your sugar level uh, b m i you can calculate by knowing your height and weight um, and and know your family history it 's amazing how. Many of us shy away from knowing it because we think we're intruding in privacy and all of those, but you should know it for yourselves, if not for your, for your immediate family, for your children. Know your numbers.
1: So the National Go Red Day is February 2nd. What can we all do to support it?
0: Yeah. So annually we have the Wear Red Day. So, February 2nd is your Well Red Day. First of all, Well Red, wear your red, take pictures, selfies, and then cascade it. Share it in your social media. Share it with your network. Because beyond just taking pictures and wearing red, what you're doing is creating awareness. Again, it starts with one person and spreading it to five people. And those five people sparks it and starts it with another person. So raising awareness is the Wear Red campaign is all about. And then number two, part of that raising awareness is, okay, where do I go to get more information?
1: And you can link that to Heart or go red for women.org.
0: Get more information about women in cardiovascular disease and how you begin to get your numbers and understand your numbers and put it into context and reduce your risk. February 2nd, Wear Red Day. It's about raising awareness, wearing red for the women in your lives, and if not, certainly for yourself, and then cascading that.
1: I'm in a network marketing group, and there was about 100 people on the call, and somebody came on, and they said, Hey, so-and-so's here. We heard you were in the hospital. She said, can I just say something? The leader said, well, yeah. And she said, I went in for, I didn't feel good, just like Susan. And she said, they kept me and I had no idea I had cardiovascular disease. And she said, I know I don't want to take up a bunch of time here, but that's what she said. She said, ladies, know your numbers. This is serious. And she said up until that moment, she had no clue and she didn't know it was the number one killer. She didn't know any of that. How great for the hundred women on that call! Go Red Day is February second, and you can go to the American Heart Association or WearRedDay dot org. Susan and Dr. DeConas, thank you so much for helping raise awareness for this cause.
0: And thank you for letting us do that because imagine the the women who are going to hear this, and then the men who are going to hear this about the women uh, in their lives. So. You're making an impact just with this conversation. So thank you so much.
1: Yes, thank you. And like Susan said, call 911. Even if you're afraid, even if you feel silly, get to the hospital and it'd be better to have it be nothing. Than to not go and have it be something.
0: Time is muscle. When it comes to heart attack and strokes, time is muscle. It's heart muscle, it's brain muscle, no brain cells. Time is muscle.
1: I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.